In Matthew chapter 8, let's look at verse 1 through 3. This is the scripture we've been reading for some weeks now to get started. In verse 1, when Jesus was come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. And behold, God wants us to check this out. Understand what he's about to say. Behold, there came a leper, someone with a, what the world calls an incurable disease. No human remedy at all. Comes to Jesus and what? So the first thing he did was not say, Lord, I want healing. The first thing he did was show respect and reverence and worshiped the Lord. That's why we like to start church services out with praise and worship. Because this scripture says it leads to healing even of things that are called incurable. Worship is not a preliminary. It helps get us into the presence of God, into uh, receptive attitudes, so when He wants to minister to us, we can actually receive it. So He worshiped Him, saying, Lord... Well, there's a big step right there. Come on, if Jesus is your Lord and you make Him your Lord, He's responsible to help you stay healthy. Now, if He's not your Lord and you're on your own, then He's not going to barge in and make you healthy. He waits for open doors. But if Jesus is your Lord, you just said, Lord, my problem is your problem. My pain is your pain. And when you do that, He takes care of it because He's well able to do it. If so much happens when we make Jesus the Lord of our life and not just run to Him when we're in trouble. Say, Lord... Lord, in other words, what he's saying is, Lord, I don't just want healing. I want whatever you want. You're my Lord, not just my healer. Come on, if that's your attitude, if you want everything he wants for you, then he's your Lord. And if he's your Lord, it's real easy to receive healing because it comes with the package. If you make Jesus your Lord, healing's a part of the package. As opposed to, he's not Lord, and I'm trying to get this thing that's not a part of a package. That I, uh, You understand what I'm saying? He said, Lord. Now, him, him saying, Lord, set him up to receive healing of an incurable disease. Anybody interested in Jesus being your Lord? I mean, having something to say about every day of your life. Anybody interested in Jesus being your Lord? Then it's real easy for you to be healed. Because if he's your Lord, he's got some things for you to do. And he knows the only way for you to do those things, you're going to have to have some healing. Right? Come on, what if you had to be healed? Child of God, more than a conqueror, world overcomer. What if you had to be healed? You'd put your foot down and take it in Jesus' name. I'm convinced when the born-again Christian has a strong enough reason to be healed and delivered, the power of God that's been in them all along will rise up and they'll take what belongs to them. Sometimes you've got to work on developing a strong reason for what you need from the Lord so that it wakes up your faith and you kick some stuff out that you've been asking God to take away. You know, Jesus, He didn't redeem us to an easy chair. He redeemed us to a position of authority where we now got some power and we can say some things and we can do some things about these problems coming against us. So there came a leper and worshipped him saying, Lord, if you will, you can make me clean. Don't go to the next verse yet. If you will, you can make me clean. The leper did not doubt God's ability, but he was still a leper. The leper needed to know more than just God is able. 
And so many people today, you know, they, they think that's it. You know, well, well, we know God is able. God is able. We know God is able. You've got to go past God is able. Right. This man needed to be sure he was willing, not just able. And as you read through the scriptures, th this is like the only man that said, Lord, if it be thy will. And the Lord corrected him saying, well, of course it's my will. Yeah. In the next verse. He said this to everybody on the planet because you say, well, that was just for the leper. No, it's for everybody. Just like John 3, 16 is for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's right. He told that to Nicodemus. Was that just for him? No. It's for everybody on this planet. This is for everybody on the planet. Yeah. God is no respecter of persons. Says it multiple times in the New Testament. He said, the leper said, if you will, Lord, you can. If you will, you can. He knew he was able, but knowing God is able doesn't mean you're going to be able to receive your healing. you got to know something else. Let me put it like this. It's not knowing that God can, but knowing that he yearns to that will inspire your faith. It's not just knowing God can. You've got to know He loves you. You've got to know He wants to. You've got to know He desires it with all His heart. Yes, yes, yes. But since He won't make His will happen in somebody's life, we're going to have to line up with this. Amen. God's not pushy like demons. Demons are pushy. They try to drive and force people against their will. God will never do that. He created the free will and He respects the free will. If you don't want Him, He'll let you go your way. Did you know that? Do you know if you don't want the Lord, He'll let you go your way? Did you know that's one of the most amazing things about the Lord? He won't make anybody do it. Here, here's a, a major fallacy in so much of the church today. Are you ready? You ready for this major fallacy? You'll hear it when people are hit by a car or an airplane crashes or a tragedy happens or this happens or a baby dies. You'll hear this. You'll hear this. Well, we don't understand, but God is in control. Shut up. Amen. I'm sorry. I, I, it's the last days. That is so false and that is so wrong and that is such a wrong impression toward my father. It insults me. Amen. To make it think like God had something to do with causing that, that is not scriptural. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Oh, come on, man. God's not a child abuser. There is a devil. Wake up and resist him. There's people that don't even talk about the devil anymore. No wonder the devil's running them over left and right. No wonder their prayers have no power. A lot of prayer is resisting the devil. A, not a prayer to God. A lot of using our authority is resisting the devil. Yeah. And you just you got to do that sometimes. Jesus had to do it. You're going to have to do it. Yeah. Come on, if Jesus had to say it is written before the devil left him, we're going to have to say it is written before problems leave us at times. People got to quit accepting stuff Jesus told you to resist. How many followers of Jesus here? Yes. Then you should be rebuking some things once in a while because he rebuked things often in his earth walk. Yes. Rebuke the storm, which proves destructive storms aren't acts of God. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, we'll cover you for everything, said the insurance company, except an act of God. Act of what? Who, which God are you talking about? Jesus calmed storms. He rebuked storms, and there was a great calm. Jesus would not be rebuking God, his father. He rebuked something that was of the devil. Something that came in on this earth when Adam and Eve messed up. He rebuked the storm and it said there was a great calm. And the disciples freaked out. That's my translation. And they said, what manner of man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? And he rebuked them for not doing something about it. 
said, why'd you wake me up? I was in a good sleep on the pillow. He said, where's your faith? Implying that they could have done something about the storm if they just would have started using the teachings that he was teaching them. By speaking the mountains and trees and rebuking. Right? Believer, you are a million times more powerful than you realized. The Bible says we are the offspring of God. Well, pastor, what about evolution? You want to know the truth of the matter? According to scripture and according to truth, man has not evolved, man has devolved. From walking with God in the cool of the day, having access to the stars, Psalms 8 says, right? With, with his knowledge as he was to go on in, in the proper way. He had, he named all the, had authority over all the earth, everything that creeped on the earth, which includes the devil because he's a creep. <laughs> right? Adam, Adam was given all this authority and all this power. And now, now where is man today? From walking with God in the cool of the day as the God of this world to just following animal instincts and just perversions and grossness. Man has devolved. Right. Schools are lying to our kids. Man has, man has devolved. From walking with God in the cool of the day to where he is today, that's not called evolution. That's called devolution. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was going to say that, but I'm going to be nice. The man on the front row said devolution. <laughs> You're the offspring of God. The Bible says we are made in the image and likeness of God. So many people, all these questions say, I wonder what God looks like. Well, look at me. Look at you. Look at the person next to you. Now, this is in a fallen state, but there's some similarities going on here. God, we are made in the image and likeness of God. He's a father, right? He's got hands, the hand of the Lord, the arm of the Lord, right? He sees, he feels. He's perfect. All right, we better keep going here. Next verse. The leper said, I know you can, but I'm not sure you want to. Well, let's see what happens here. Verse 3. <laughs> She's doing great. And Jesus put forth his hand and touched him, saying, All right, let's settle it forever. Leper, don't even know you, don't even know your name, got an incurable disease. Here's my word to you and everybody else on this planet, I will. One translation says, I desire it with all my heart. Another translation says, of course I want to. It's almost like the Lord, duh. Of course I want to. I created you. I didn't create you with sickness. Why would I be okay with it attacking you after I created you? Huh? How many of you realize sickness was not a part of God's original creation? That's another way you can tell He wants you healed because He never invented it. He never invented sickness. He didn't create man originally to be sick. Sickness came in after Satan entered on the scene and it's gone forever when he's finally eliminated from human contact in the book of Revelation. Came in with the devil, goes out with the devil. Oh, it must be of the devil. Right? Came in with the devil, goes out with the devil. Must be from the devil. Somehow, down the road, I mean, whether it's, I mean, it could be fiery darts from a distance, but let's face it, there was no sickness and disease on the earth until sin and Satan entered on the scene. Yeah. 
And there's no sickness ever again. It says in the book of Revelation, no more crying, no more sighing, no more dying, no more sorrow, no more pain. All the former things are passed away. It's all gone when he's eliminated. It all came on the scene when he came on the scene. And it's all eliminated when he's off the scene. Shows you it never was God's will for man to be sick. Well, then how come so many people are sick? Because you and I have free will. We can live our lives in such a way where we open the door to all these problems or we can live our lives in such a way where we're shielded from all these problems. And that ain't God's choice. That's your choice. God is not in control of everything that's happening on this planet. That wouldn't mean to say that God's in control. If he's in control of everything happening on this planet, then what about all the kids that were sexually abused last night? Was he in control of that? It's a crime to think he was. It's a spiritual crime to think our father... It's, it's, it's false. It's wrong. It's not true. Mm -mm. People need to wake up and realize that there's other reasons bad things happen on the earth, and it's not because God orchestrated it. He may have allowed it, but you know what happened? You know, God will allow you today to leave this service, go down to the corner gas station, and rob it. He will allow you to do that. Do you think he wants you to do it? A thousand times no. Think he'll stop you from doing it? Probably not. The reason God permits a lot of these terrible things is because we permit them. We open the door to them. Hmm? Actually, I hope I have time to share this. Well, okay. So the guy gets healed of an incurable disease right after he hears, I will. Now you know why we're teaching this? God wants you healed, sirs, because right after this dawns on you and you realize this, healing's going to show up in your life. It's got to go from here to here, though. That's why we've got to talk about it more than one week. Say this, God, God wants, me healed. wants me healed. It's not a side issue with Him. He desires it. He wants it. It's not just okay. He wants me healed. Well, I know, Pastor, but as soon as I get my life together, all you got to do is repent. If you're living a lifestyle of sin, of course, that's going to hinder you from receiving what He wants you to have, but all you got to do is repent. You can get forgiven and healed all in the same prayer. Anybody that tells you something else is trying to sell you something. <laughs> right? Come on! You can get healed, you can get forgiven and healed all in the same prayer. That's what I meant to say. You can be forgiven and healed all in the same prayer. He forgives all my iniquities and heals all my diseases. And it's not about what God can do. It's about what are we going to believe. You read through the Gospels, Jesus constantly told people, Hey man, your faith made you whole. He could have said my power. He could have said Jehovah Rapha. He could have said my, my amazing uh, almightiness. He said your faith made you whole. According to your faith be it unto you. As you have believed, so be it unto you. Jesus was constantly trying to stir up faith so that people could receive what He came to give. He got some of them to do it. Some of them would refused. And they got zero. How many glad He didn't say, according to your perfect living, be it unto you. According to your sin-free life, be it unto you. Thank the Lord. He said, according to your faith, Matter of fact, many of the people he healed were involved in some sins. You can tell by the way the Lord ministered to them. 
I mean, he's getting ready to minister to this one guy. They let him down through a roof. You know, four crazy friends brought him on the roof, broke it up, let him down, paralyzed. Jesus is preaching and sees the roof falling apart and a guy let down. And it said Jesus saw their faith, not just the sick man's, but all their faith. Yeah. It takes faith to bring people to church because yeah. you really believe they're going to get something good. Yeah. Let him down through the roof and the first words of Jesus said, man, your sins are forgiven you. Had to get him ready to receive healing because if you have guilt, you can you can you cannot receive what the Lord's trying to give you. Jesus wants to get rid of all that guilt. Can I give you a really amazing piece of advice? Anything that brings to you doubt or discouragement is of the devil. God is not in the condemning business. God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. Religion says that, you know, you, know, God, you, you need to feel bad. God came to take away that bad feeling so we would have the ability to receive from Him everything He wants us to have. You might as well just come, come to the realization, I've sinned, I've blown it, but Jesus' blood is stronger than it all. And get that condemnation off your life and start living like He wants you to. He said, man, your sins are forgiven you. And they're like, who is this that's speaking blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus looks at him and says, all right, let me ask you a question. What's easier to say, man, your sins are forgiven you? Arise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he saith to the sick of the palsy, rise up and walk. And he immediately took up his bed, took his little couch and walked home. <laughs> Not paralyzed anymore. That's right. And the Bible says that they all freaked out and they thought, man, we have seen strange things today. I think it's time for people to see strange things in church again with the power of God manifest. Turn with me to another scripture in Acts chapter 10. Church, are you still with me? It's not what God can do but what he yearns to do that will inspire your faith. You need to know God's not just able to fix you and give you a miracle. He yearns to do it. Yeah. Now, some, I heard the Spirit of God say that there's some people who heard these things a lot and it's kind, of, it's kind of not falling on fertile soil right now because you've heard it so many years. You need to get a revelation. Just get this revelation. Jesus is in this service right now. He wants you healed. He shed his blood so you could be free. And if you'll just believe it, you can leave here with a miracle in your body. Amen. A creative miracle. A healing that the doctor said there's no cure for. You don't have to wait for 29 more services and great teachings on faith. They didn't get that many in these days and they got, some of these people got delivered after one sermon because they believed it. The Lord loves you. He can take a brain tumor out of your brain just like that. He can fix your blood, give you a blood transfusion just like that. He can create a part of your body that's not there anymore just like that. It did say he healed the lame, but the Bible also said he healed the maimed. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. And he said we as believers are to go about doing the works he did because he's gone to the Father. We'll talk about the greater works later. Let's just start doing the works he did, and then the greater works we can talk about later. Greater later. <laughs> okay, man. Now let me ask you this. How many of you believe Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Yes. Why do you believe that? 
because the Bible tells me so, right? All right, now listen. It didn't say Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hebrews 13 says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Christ is not his middle name. It's talking about the power of God in and on his life to save, heal, and deliver anybody who's in trouble. And if they'll come to him and receive it, they can have it. But he won't make people receive it. Who's the same today and forever? Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ, the anointed, powerful, healing Jesus, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Not just the historical Jesus. Jesus, the powerful one, is the same today. A lot of people are afraid of the power because the devil's afraid of the power. and Because he's influencing people so much, they're afraid of the power. Don't want to talk about the blood. Don't want to talk about the anointing. Demons get restless in that kind of an atmosphere. Okay, now listen. Tell me, who is authorized to say God is now the great I was instead of the great I am? Come on, who, who really is authorized to say God has become the great I was? He's still the great I am, and there's no man has any authority to call him I was. Well, miracles used to happen. Well, those healings Oh, happened back in those days. Oh, that, now that died out. These things don't, who are you, who gave you the authority to say, God is now, I was that I was. <laughs> he still I am that I am. Yes. Let me tell you what, miracles haven't passed away. Faith for miracles in a lot of places has passed away. You get the faith back up, you see the miracles again because God is the I am. He is the I am. Listen to this. I got this out of Christ the Healer. The last will and testament says, by his stripes ye were healed. You've read that in the New Testament, right? Where it talks about by the stripes upon Jesus' back we were healed. His body was broken so yours could be free. If you discern that and believe that, supernatural things will happen in your body for good. By his stripes. This is the New Testament, which means will. Well, the last will and testament says, by his stripes we were healed. Anything later is a forgery. This is a legal will. This is a legal will and testament. And the last will and testament says, by his stripes ye were healed. That's right. Anything that says otherwise after that is a forgery. So you want to line up with a forgery or do you want to line up with the truth? I say line up with the truth. All right, so go to Acts chapter 10. And as you're turning there, let me say these things. Am I talking too fast? Because I can slow down. <laughs> Listen closely. We've been proving through scripture after scripture after scripture that God wants you healed. And the only way to settle that is if we can find scriptures that talk about God wants everybody healed. So many people believe God heals some. That'll give you no faith for healing. Because you're not sure if you're one of the lucky ones or not. How can you have bold faith for healing when you're not sure He wants everybody healed? You can't. The only way you can tell God wants you healed is if you can find scriptures that make it clear He wants everybody healed. Because if you can find scriptures that say He wants everybody healed, you're a part of everybody. You're in there somewhere. So we've been talking week after week after week after week on scriptures that make it very clear God wants everybody 
ever born on this planet healed if they're sick. He wants that for everybody. And so let me go through it real quick. Here's the list. You ready? Number one, we found out through study of the scriptures that healing, physical healing, is a part of redemption. Redemption means why Jesus came to the earth to free us from all these things that came in when Adam sinned. Redemption means we're free. We're bought back from. We're taken back into right place. It includes born again, salvation, healing, deliverance, protection. We found out through the scriptures that healing is a part of redemption. And since redemption is for all, healing is for all. Healing's in redemption. Yes. It didn't come through some other way. Healing came through redemption. And Jesus came to redeem the world. If you're not an alien from another planet, he's talking about you. You are redeemed. I don't know. Maybe an alien could get healed. I don't know. God's so good. <laughs> I'm not saying I believe in aliens. All right. Make that clear. I want you to stay with me here. So we know that God wants you and me healed because healing is in redemption and redemption is for everyone. And we went through all the scriptures to prove that by his stripes ye were healed. That's redemption talk. Number two, we know healing is for us because healing is a part of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Paul preached the gospel. Man got faith to be healed. Paul said, stand upright on your feet, and he leaped and walked. He got healed through the gospel being preached. Who's the gospel for? Is healing in the gospel? Paul was preaching the gospel and a physically lame man got healed from what Paul was preaching. Healing is in the gospel. Who's the gospel for? So what does that mean? That means healing's for you. Healing's for me because the gospel's for everybody. Number three, we found out that healing is for all because healing is provided through God's mercy and God's mercy is for everybody. Did you know that? Do you know His mercy's for everybody? Yeah. I didn't say everybody's for His mercy, but His mercy is for everybody. And if you'll be for His mercy, like His mercy's for you, you'll get everything everybody else got through the mercy of God. Healing, deliverance, salvation, forgiveness of sins, right. power to live right. Glory. His tender mercies are over all His works. Mm -hmm. If you're, you're a work of God. You're a work of God. You came here because God wanted a family. His tender mercies are over all His works. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. The blind man said, Lord, have mercy on me. Two verses later, he can see. What? what? Yeah, he asked for mercy, and he got healing, because healing is in mercy. Jesus had compassion on the sick and healed them. Same word, mercy. Mercy. There's healing and mercy. That proves to you healing's for everybody because mercy's for everybody. Yep. What are we doing today? We're, trying, we're, we're putting something in you so that when you're attacked in some of these areas, you got something to rise up with and say, ha, 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 I've been going to Faith High Church. I've been taught I know the Word of God. Amen. And I'm not boasting on, I'm boasting on Jesus. He raised this church up. You're hearing powerful things today and you're going to need them someday. Right. Or somebody you dearly love is going to need them. And you're going to be glad when that evil day comes that you realize, you know what? 
I don't have any doubt that God wants my, me healed or my loved one healed because mercy's for all and healing's for all. Because yes. healing comes through mercy. Yes. Number four, we found out if you're a believer, you are a part of the body of Christ. Did you ever read that? Yes. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. Think about that. If you're a born again believer, you are a part of the body of Christ. What does that mean? It means you're a part of Jesus. Yes. It means that you are a part of Him. How do we know it's God's will that you're healed? Because it's, listen closely, because if you're a part of Jesus, just ask yourself this simple question. Does God want any part of his son sick? Does God want any part of his son Jesus sick? Well, if you're a part of Jesus, why would he want you sick and you're a part of his son? That would mean God wants part of his son Jesus sick. God doesn't want any part of his son sick. Right? Number five. How do we know sickness? Uh, how do we know that healing is for all? And I already said this earlier. Because sickness and disease was never a part of God's original creation. If he wanted it to be a part of our lives, he would have created it. Sickness and disease came on the scene when Satan and sin came on the scene. When man sinned and Satan came on the scene. And it goes out of forever when he's gone in the bottomless pit for a thousand years, then the lake of fire. Came in with the devil, goes out with the devil, must be of the devil. If it wasn't a part of God's original creation, then he don't want it in you. If it wasn't, if, you follow me? If sickness and disease was not a part of God's original creation, that means he didn't want it. If he would have wanted it, he would have created it. He didn't create it. It came on the scene when sin and Satan came on the scene. That's what brought disease and sickness. Doesn't mean you have to sin in order to be sick. You just got to live in this fallen world, man. There's all kinds of stuff floating around trying to get you. And when you learn how to claim the Lord as your protection, you can be shielded from that junk. See some results in the area of divine protection. Number six. How do we know it's God's will that all of us be healed? Because, listen closely, because sickness is called satanic oppression. And the Bible says, give no place to the devil. Acts 10.38. Turn there. Are we there? Acts 10.38. Anybody having a good time besides the preacher? Now notice, Peter's preaching a sermon. Best sermon, one of the best sermons on record. How God anointed, that word anointed is Christ. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, Jesus went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. God calls people needing healing oppressed of the enemy. Hmm? Now remember, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. This is supposed to be going on today. And it's not us waiting on God. It's Him waiting for us to believe. Come on, do you see this, church? The Bible calls sickness and disease satanic oppression. Notice I didn't say demon possession. (laughs) Obviously. There doesn't even have to always be a demon spirit present for somebody to be sick. Sometimes there may be, and the Lord would reveal it if we needed to know, and we'd deal with it, and people would still be free. 
But whether it's fiery darts from a distance or just things floating around in the atmosphere, whatever happened, you know, when sin and Satan came on the scene and the whole curse that was released and all that, whatever it is, we know it's oppression of the devil. We know that's the core. That's the root. That's the origin. Right? Well, if sickness and disease is connected to oppression of the devil, what do we do with uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27? We go to it. Look, look at Ephesians 4. I don't know if I gave you this one, Alyssa, but put Ephesians 4, 27 up there. And I don't know if you have the NIV version of it, but if you don't, I can quote it. Ephesians 4, 27. Are we there? Are we there? I didn't give her this one. Next verse, 427. Do not give the devil a foothold. Does anybody have the translation that says, give no place to the devil? Which translation is that? New King James Version says, give no place to the devil. All right, so we, we know that in the area of sin. We know that in the area of, of disobedience. But what about in the area of sickness and disease? Hey, if sickness is satanic oppression, maybe we should say no to it like we'd say no to anything else of the devil. Right? Refuse to have it. Say no to it. Rebuke it. Claim victory over it. Why? Because it ain't from our Father. I don't want to be in the mode of receiving anything that's not from my Father. The devil will try to get you and me to receive things all the time. Throw symptoms over. Throw this. Throw that. You don't have to receive anything. This is a revelation the world needs to get. For the believer, it's not everybody gets sick once in a while. They all came out of Egypt and there was not one feeble person among their tribes. I have a new slogan. You ready? A new slogan. You ready? No more sickness in the body of Christ. Anybody like that slogan? No more sickness. Now, you may not be feeling well right now. You may, you may have problems in your body right now. But here's my, my revelation to you. It ain't over yet. You and I win. It may have been a long battle, but it ain't over yet. Matter of fact, it ain't over until we say it's over. And if you say it's over, it's over. I encourage you, don't say it's over. If you're still breathing, there's hope. There's hope for a tree that's cut down. The Bible says, why wouldn't there sprout again? Why not there be hope for us? We're children of God. We're not just trees. We're children of God. Oh, church, did you see that? We know it's God's will that we're all healed because sickness is satanic oppression. And the Bible says, give no place to Satan. Give no place. So here's, here's another revelation. You ready? If he has place... It's not because he's so big and bad, because we gave him place. Either through ignorance, not knowing how to resist, not knowing how to pray. If he has place, it's not because he's so big and bad and just barged into our life. We somehow gave him place. And if you gave him place, you can kick him out. You can kick his sickness out. You can kick his lies out. You can kick his symptoms out. Come on, if you let him in, you can kick him out. People think they're victims of the circumstances. No, you let in what you want and you kick out what you want. Jesus put it like this, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Everybody's waiting for God to do all this stuff. He says, it's time for you to do some binding. Time you do some allowing. Allow the good, resist the bad. 
I have two minutes. Lord, cause time to stand still just for a minute. <laughs> Let me tell you number seven. You ready? And we won't go to the scriptures, but I'll tell them to you because I want to say two more things before we close. We know that it's God's will that you're healed and that I'm healed because sickness is satanic oppression and God said give no place to the devil. That tells you right there, he doesn't want you messing with anything of the enemy. Number seven, we know it's God's will that we're all healed. Are you ready? You ever heard the scripture, God is love? First John 4, 8. Ever hear, ever hear God is love? God is nothing so much as he is love. He's love more than he's anything else. God is love. You need to know that God not only wants you healed and is able, he yearns to do it because he, he's love. This is his nature. This is not just something he does. He is love. His nature is love. Look at one more scripture, Romans 13. Everybody say, God is love. If you're a believer, say it. God is my father. He loves me more than I love my kids. Romans 13, verse 10. Romans 13, 10. What does it say? What's the first word? Love. What else could we tra translate there? Could we say God? Since God is love, could we say God? Are we all in agreement on that, class? Can we say, since God is love, can we say God works no ill? Can we say God works no ill? Now, ill is a short term for illness. You understand that, right? God or love works no ill to his neighbor. Neighbor means nearby, right? Those that are around you. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Okay, you ready? How do we know it's God's will that we're healed? Because God is love. And all the illness in this world is not the work of God nor the will of God. People say, well, well, Pastor, Pastor, I, I prayed and, and I didn't get healed. Doesn't that mean God wants me to stay sick? No, it means you didn't pray right. Well, thank you for those no amens. <laughs> the truth will set you free. It might sting a little bit at first, but come on now. How many of you would rather, how many of you would rather it be, maybe I need to a little more learn about praying than thinking my father's against me and he may want me to die young. Oh, it's good news to think that may, 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 maybe we need to work on learning how to pray a little better. We did a teaching on Wednesday nights not too long ago in our prayer meetings on reasons for a prayer failure. A person's prayer not being answered doesn't mean God said no to answering it. There is a man word side to this thing working properly. Matter of fact, there's a scripture that says in James chapter 5, verse 15. You know what it says? It says the prayer of faith will save the sick. It didn't say prayer will save the sick. A lot of people pray and they get zero. You don't pray in faith. All you get is jaw exercise. And we don't need any more of that. Right? The Bible says in James 5, 15, the prayer of faith will save. Interesting, he uses the word save. Why? Because healing is a part of salvation. The prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. And if he's committed sins, those sins will be forgiven him. Told you he'd heal you and forgive you all in the same prayer. The prayer of faith will what the sick? Why didn't he say the prayer of faith will heal the sick? He's wanting you to see healing is a part of salvation. 
The prayer of faith, the Bible says, will save the sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if that person's committed sins, they'll even be forgiven him. If you really saw a glimpse of how much God loves you, you couldn't stop crying right now. He wants you forgiven. He's not mad at you for the mistakes you made. He's trying to comfort you through all that. The devil's the liar. He's the condemner. He's the one trying to make you feel bad. Yeah, you blew it. Yeah, you messed up. Yeah, you totally ruined your life and other people's life. Yes, you did all those things. But God still loves you and he's not going to condemn you. All he's trying to do is lift you out of that guilt and condemnation so you can start reigning as a king in life like his blood wanted you to do. That's what he wants for you. Oh, church, let's stand up.